I'm bigger than I, than I know, than I knew. I'm bigger than I know. Presently, I, I've made myself small in ways that I didn't really realize. Um, go back to childhood and realize different ways I learned lessons that made me think it was beneficial and smart to kind of stay quieter. So I've learned that I've learned that I'm pretty emotional. These kind of relationships that get disturbed when we don't take the time to know what it is to say, to know how to Welcome to another episode of Tune the Fork. I have with me visual artist, <laughs> philosopher, <laughs> husband, son, brother, host of multiple Tune, not Tune, YouTube. Shows. Shows and, there uh, you go. Yeah. My bad. Billy Bunton. Hey. <laughs> wow. I messed up your intro, bro. Nah. I feel like I'm going to have to redo it. Good. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for being here, brother. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Man, I, uh, I saw a video that you posted, reached out, and started pulling the hood, lifting shit back, and was like, this is an extremely interesting guy, man. Thank you. Um, man. And just wanted to say thank you for agreeing to come on and spend time. Um, how do you describe to people who you are mm. and mm. what you do? Yeah. Um First off, that was a great introduction. It was pretty thorough and great. Okay, okay. It, it All depends right. on, I guess, who I'm talking to and where, where I am and what, you know, what's happening. I probably need to, to work on that to have like a succinct one. My wife gave me this book, actually. Uh, it's like, Who Are You? And it's this whole workshop to figure out how to describe yourself. Because I do think uh, I've got a few things going on and it's sometimes hard to give a succinct thing. But... Um, you know, I'm an animator, I'm a creative, I'm a storyteller, and, um, you know, I care about things and I like exploring things. I like discussing things. So I'm really, I'm really happy to be here. Um, and I like bringing those interesting stories and ideas to life in a visual thing. So I'm a visual storyteller sometimes, so yeah. What, what triggered me to reach out, man, to invite you on is the way you think is dope. The way you process information. And you have a really strong command of the English language. And one of the things that, one of the areas where I wanted to start, I should say, is just on what your relationship is to words and language and communication and how, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you answer in whatever way you feel compelled to answer. Wow. Um, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, 
I think that, you know, I'm 40 years old now and I find that communication is huge. And I find that, you know, we each have a different, you know, even as we experience something together, we each are internalizing a different set of experiences. And so I found that early on in my life, man, as a kid, like noticing that the lack of communication, the miscommunication is a, is a key component for conflict and for beef and problems and yeah. um, a failure to, to meet a standard or to accomplish a goal. So I've always been interested in trying to explain what I'm saying, you know? I've always been trying to like, you know, what? You know, I'm always asking that question. So my educational experience was like political science to, you know, I did grad school in ethics and um, international relations. And, and all of this is about understanding the ways that we all come to understand reality. And it's very important to agree on terms, agree on words, agree on definitions. If you take that for granted, if you think that we both understand, not just we, we might have a common word, but if we assume that we have a common definition to those words, you, you leave yourself open to, to a problem. So it's always been important to me and I've always kind of thought about it and tried to make sure I was clear. And so um, it feels great at this point in my life to be able to talk about things in depth and to try to help make sure everyone in the room is on the same page. You know, that's, that's just been an innate kind of thing for me, I think. Okay. So you do, you do a lot of things. I would like to tap into, if possible, the philosopher slash storyteller part of you. Love it. For the purpose of this discussion, if that's cool. Now, I feel like we should start with a very basic thing, which is the definition of the word word. Mm. And, I, and, and as I was preparing for this conversation, I was uh, reminded of the Bible verse, John 1, verses 1, mm. verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Mm. And I remember thinking, damn, word, language, words. What is your definition of word? Wow. <clears throat> Dad, words to me are just one building block of language. Um, words can be symbols if you've written, written them down, written them down, they're, they're a symbol. Words are representations of things. Um, they become phenomena of themselves, you know? So, you know, I have a niece and I'm teaching her stuff and I'll show a picture of a horse and we try to teach her this. And at some point she's gonna associate the word horse with this four-legged animal with the mane and the tail. And the words are representations of, of things in real life, you know? Um, man, I've, I haven't really deeply tried to contemplate, you know, what word means in that way, other than to say that uh, they're powerful and they are representations that can sometimes, we are interacting with the words separate from the thing themselves sometimes. We, we have, again, you know, when I say horse and you say oh, we have a different, image in our heads, you know, yeah. the color of the horse, the demeanor of the horse, how aggressive it is, or are you, are, is it a friendly, or are you sitting on top of it? What are we doing? So um, that is, 
how words operate in our minds. And, and the reason it wasn't, I wasn't trying to use it as necessarily a gotcha. It's just really to demonstrate how limiting they are and how confusing they can be. Even when you're talking about a, a, a material thing, a factual thing, like right. a horse or a beer or something like that. Yes. When you start expanding that out to more conceptual things, to more, um, to more concepts that, 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 that represent a feeling, it makes the words even more um, difficult because I think they are, to a certain degree, a symbol. Um, because even if you go back into, you know, ancient times, they use hieroglyphics and those were basically words, but those were pictures, you know, they symbolized and you have a concept of this thing called pointing, which is really cool because I think words point to a degree and How, talk about the pointing in your life and how you actually got to that point <laughs> and what you were doing with that. Yeah. Huh. Again, when like thinking about the ways we interact with words, the way we interact with the real world, um, I think that reality is a very difficult thing to, to ascertain. You know, sometimes we, we have these industries that, you know, their whole thing is about being certain and they have all these incentives to know what they're talking about. So scientists want to be, they want to assert something. Um, I came out of the media world and CNN, that whole industry, they want to be the first to say the right thing, to say the true thing. And because of those incentives, they start to speak with a bit too much confidence, if you ask me. You start to assert words and say that you know something when in fact, if you really get into a, a deep conversation, these people don't know very much. And so the pointing thing is important because I think it gives us an opportunity to allow some room for the murkiness of what reality actually is. You know, reality is, and I'm gonna have to use words to describe something that might not be captured by words. As soon as I attempt to capture it with words, I've diminished it a bit. You know, I'm, I'm simply, mm -hmm. I'm using my interpretation, I'm trying to tap into your interpretations, but that what's really at play is something without words. You know, it is, it is um, it's a multifaceted set of truths, interlocking things. And so um, I think that all of us in our everyday lives, and, and, and also, like I said, in places like the mainstream media, um, we can do ourselves a service by kind of pulling away from this sense that we can articulate fact with, with deep confidence, and that, you know, we can all, the goal for me is to try to collaborate and sync up with people who are pointing towards truth, you know. Um, without professing to have it. Without professing to have it without sternly and aggressively professing to have it. You know, I, 
I think that, that that's a really interesting quality of, the, of a conversation. The, the conversations gain in their quality. You actually come closer to the truth by letting go of, of the concept as though it can be grasped, as though it's graspable. Um, I think that's key. I think that's key. When you, um, you were on jury duty yeah. recently. Yeah. And I watched your episode about how, you, how that experience enlightened your awareness of just how much consideration our, our, our judicial system, or at least your experience in that piece, how much, care, how much care and consideration was put into finding the truth. Yes. And how much time it actually takes to find the fucking truth. That's right. Yeah. It, 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 and and, and it, it takes a lot more than an episode of Seinfeld. Right. It takes a lot more than, you know, the amount of time that we generally, um, you know, devote to it because we're having a lot of these shortcut, shortcut moments in life because we, we've... We want to make sense of things as quickly and as efficiently as we can. So we'll shortcut to a truth just so that we can get to the next piece. And, but there's, there's a cost associated. There's benefits to it, but there, but there are also costs, especially when you don't have practice of investigating something deeply enough to get to the truth. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's just... Um the jury duty thing was interesting because you see this system that has been created to, with the effort of, of arriving at a truth, and it's deeply flawed, the system itself, but it certainly is, it carries with it a level of depth that we don't do in our everyday lives. And again, going back to the critique of the media, we have people who don't have this effort to arrive at the truth. They're partisan and biased people who simply say words, coming back to words, they say words um, and just assert things. And yeah, the truth is, is complex. Um, Do you think a word can represent truth? Every word to me comes with a back narrative that we each carry, that we each have. And so the thing about the word is that when I articulate the word, and if I'm speaking to you or a room full of people, each person in that room has a different interpretation. So something like God. God is an attempt, in my view, and I'm not a religious person, but I was. Um, I'm more of a, I have a different spirituality today, but the word God to me is an attempt to point to the totality of, of this experience. It is... Um, a realm of everything that we know and can understand and can ascertain and can look at and we, you know, we can all agree to, plus the stuff we don't know and, and can't ascertain. It's all of it. Um, but for some people, that word implies a white man in the clouds. And for some people, that word implies something completely different. Mm -hmm. And so even there, you know, you have this complexity. So I think words can attempt to, to symbolize truth, but you, you still have that predicament. We're in a predicament, you know, that's what hit me a couple, several years ago. We're, we're in a really interesting predicament, and the more we be, 
come to an honesty about that, truth about the honesty of the predicament of this creative experience that we call life, you actually, get a, you actually have a better picture, you know, through relinquishing your, your sense of certainty, you know? What do you think that realization is that we're failing to recognize? I have an idea, but I think I'm, cu I'm curious to know what yours is. Tell me again, what do you mean? So when you said this realization that we're, that, um, we're failing to acknowledge, like as a, as a, I can't remember the exact words that you were using. That, that everything's complex? Yeah. And, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. um, oh, so it's the complexity of it. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's the realization that we don't have a fucking clue, bro. And we just trying as best as we can to make chicken salad out of chicken shit when it's all, when it's all said and done. I think the, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of anxiety if we are meaning makers mm -hmm. inherently. Mm -hmm. And if we're trying to make sense out of the world, then if I can't, I have to project what the fuck that is over there. I just, mm -hmm. because it, it's going to make me feel better. I get to put it into a box. I got to call it blue. I got to call it red. I got to call it good. I got to call it bad. Even if it's not that, because now I have to focus my, is that a threat? Will I die? Is that a Tyrannosaurus Rex? Whatever it is, right? Um, but with more investigation, you realize I don't have a clue what that is. The same with my own actions and patterns and stuff. Um, and that's one of the things I actually like most about the idea of pointing, because I feel like the level, and I was talking to uh, Dr. Stanley who came on, who was on before about this idea. I asked myself this question. To even be able to communicate a word, there's, there's, there, there's, a, there's an intelligence and then there's a vocabulary, right? Words require vocabulary. Intelligence doesn't necessarily. It can be, your intelligence can be informed and be expressed through vocabulary, mm. but you can have an awareness of things that are going on around you without being able to express that with words. Absolutely. You know, especially as it relates to your emotions as a man or something. Like, I, I feel this thing that's going on. I, start, I tell a lot of my homegirls, I say, hey, if you got a dude, if you dating this dude, this motherfucker, he, if he, he has to have an emotional intelligence and vocabulary. It's rare, it's rare for you to come across a brother that has both. But if he don't have both, you gonna struggle. But he might have the intelligence, but might not necessarily have the words. Or he might have the words, but might not necessarily. But anyway. You're hitting it. Um, if these things have to be communicated with words, I don't, I feel like, and if, if, and if words are the things that we're using, then I feel like at times we're always, that seems like a, a smaller toolbox to have at your disposal. The words. To, the, the, yeah, as a smaller toolbox. Um, than what is. Than what is, thank you. 
Yes. For sure. And, and I don't know how we get around that as people. And this is what this is the you're hitting the the, the key of the the predicament. I think that um you talk about being able to identify and articulate this inner world that we each have. You know, we are each, I like to say, we're each localized. Uh, we have a localized consciousness. We, we, we can be defined in lots of different ways, you know. Um, but one of the interesting ways to think about us is that you have a localized story that you've experienced, localized set of experiences that have happened over your entire life that is unique to you. And your language is unique to you. Um, words help us communicate to others, and they also help us communicate to ourselves. If I have a feeling, this is the thing with like anger, let's say, and emotion and the lack of emotion. If I have a feeling, I might have a gut feeling, and the only thing that I'm aware of, or the only thing that I'll allow for myself is anger, then I will often, I will put that feeling in the anger box. I will internalize a story that I'm angry in this moment when in fact, if I had more language, if I had more words, I could tell myself a different story, perhaps a more accurate story. Again, accurate. What does it mean? What does it is? Is 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 bigger than than these words, but yeah. Um, but it is helpful to have words and to be and to be articulate and to have access to more words so that I can tell a more complex story about myself to myself. And then if I have a partner, as you were saying, I want to talk to my wife and be able to articulate to her the thing. And so we need to come up with a shared vocabulary. And the thing about it is, like I said, with the anger thing, you know, sometimes you got to make up words. You have to, you know, it's, <laughs> it's fungible. It's made yeah, up. It's yeah, not, yeah, it's not yeah, set in stone. Fungible. I like yeah. <laughs> Like to think it's to think it's locked in, you know, our stories are always just a bit separate from that. You're always just a bit behind, you know, um, and that's OK. You see what I'm saying to to then when you get there. So when you say, like, how do we get over that? I can't fathom right now of a way to get over it. I feel like that is the nature of the predicament. We have to simply work and create the words and the modes of communication that can articulate these things so that we can tell ourselves fuller, better, more accurate stories, even recognizing that they'll never be what is accurate, you know? So one of the words you used in your definition of the word is symbol. Mm. It points to something. It represents something. We are at a point, I feel, where we're relying too heavily on the words. And we did a, I did a segment called uh, Wielding Words as, as Shields or Swords. They can be both, and they can be used. They can be, a, a, a sword could, a, a shield could be masked as a sword depending on the intended use of it. So it's really about looking at what's behind it. So when we point, when I invite people on, as, as I was telling you before, I don't know why I'm asking. I'm just getting better 
at trusting my intuition because there's something in me that is pointing to you. So I can't articulate to you why that's happening and what's going on inside of me to even ask you to come on here. I don't know necessarily if words exist for that. I don't know if words exist to communicate what I experienced in my ayahuasca ceremonies. I don't know if words exist for those things. Mm -hmm. And so pointing basically means, I feel, pointing is an action that is triggered by something first. That was a, it's a, it's a, what happened before the before the need to point. And there's, there's a space that is back there, that initial thing that we're not, I don't feel, I don't wanna say that, that is an opportunity to better understand what's going on back there. Because if all of these, if these things are symbols, if these things are pointing to certain things, then maybe we should be connecting more to what's compelling us to point as opposed to how we're pointing or or how we're describing yeah which immediately forces us into words because, immediately because that's all we have it seems and yeah we're in an ever where twitter and, and and words and you you read someone uses a word and and everyone's interpreting it and responding that's why i had to get off twitter man because you know it's just a cesspool but you're you're pointing again to the depth of the complexity of the situation i um <clears throat> You know, if I go back to, I could take my wife to my college, Stony Brook. I played football at Stony Brook University, and um, I could take her to, this, to the campus, and I could go on the field, and we could both walk on the field together, you know? And we're gonna have two different experiences, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason we're gonna have two different experiences, I might be deeply emotional in this because we're walking into an empty stadium. It's got turf, fake grass, and we got stands, whatever. And she's like, this is cool. This is awesome. Nice. You know, <laughs> I, I go, I'm remembering these tackles that I made. I'm remembering the interceptions. I'm remembering the crowd. I have, I have reminiscent feelings and, and about the smells and this and that. Do you see how, like, if, and if I, even if I describe to her, I say, yeah, man, in, in 2004, blah, 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 the, you know, I will have to use words to describe something that, won't be the thing. Yeah. I have experienced the thing and I'm going to try to share it with her. And, and here's the element of love, right? Love on her part is to like, to be there with me <laughs> as I'm describing things with words inherently limited that she can join me even with the absence of that exactness of the connection, you know? Mm -hmm. There's uh, one of my favorite authors, there was a dude, he died, Christopher Hitchens, um, mm -hmm. and uh, he talks about walking in some part of nature with an old friend of his, and how there was, it was a Christian friend of his, and they were walking in like three streams, they saw like a stream of water uh, that separated in three and, and fell, and it was like a little three waterfall, and that the dude fell to his knees and started like crying, and had this deeply emotional experience, because for him, it represented the god like the three the holy trinity the, exactly holy trinity and christopher hitchens is a renowned atheist and so it didn't you know he's kind of <laughs> laughing you know what i'm saying and um that's funny as shit but that's the thing right yeah. like you have this 
you have this is. I walk into the stadium. I see three water things. I'm sitting here with you. And that's what is. And then to put it to words, immediately, it's just not the same. The, the, the reason this experience is different for each of us is because of that backstory. It's what you were talking about. We have to get away from the words and sort of, I won't understand the, the Holy Trinity that, that this is so meaningful to him until, I'm, until I either experience or I come to terms or I show love and I can come to grips with the things that are happening behind the experience. Yeah. And the same, my wife will have to understand that while wow, Billy had some deep experiences on this plot of grass here, and that's what's exciting about this, not the stadium itself. The is is available to all of us, but the meaning is something else. And the words is the only way that we can communicate, but it's not what is, you know? That's why I like the concept of myth and the concept of art and the concept of, you know, those, it, because... It's always more, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if we're meaning makers, then I, it, 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 it's helpful to give people an opportunity to give them, to, to allow them to make meaning out of something in a way that's theirs, that, 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 that's theirs. So as opposed to saying, you need to love me more. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. But I could say something along the lines, opening the freezer door, leaving the freezer door open, kills, you know, spoils all the food, <laughs> as an example. I don't know. Yeah. And then somebody would be like, damn, you left the... <laughs> and then they start thinking about it. Like, there's a concept here that I'm actually trying to get you to understand that is a lot more broad than just the words you than just the words you need to love me more. And 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 it's one of the challenges that I feel we have with communicating, especially when there's this inherent need to be right or to be heard. Like as an individual, I need you to hear me. I need you to understand, but what I'm really asking you to understand are the words that I'm saying as opposed to what, because I can't articulate to you what it is. No. And that's, that's the, the complexity and the predicament and the beautiful opportunity. You know, say that's the challenge. And that's where love comes in again, you know? And, if, and patience and awareness, awareness of the limitation of these words. And so, yeah, love, love is another one, like God. Like, love... At the end of the day, it's a beautiful and meaningful word, and I, I try to point to it. I tried to actually spent like you know an hour and a half trying to like articulate what it could mean and, and in different circumstances, and um, and even that will fall short. An hour and a half is not enough to, because because the it's it's a concept and it and it needs to you know the, it will become manifest in every moment in different ways. Yeah. Um, but if you have love present, then you, you can say, you can articulate 
specifically this and that, and, and maybe over time, you've been with this person over time, you, you develop a kind of a mosaic, a sense about what love means to them through their articulation of words. Each of these words inadequate, in, you know, not, not full and whole, but then you develop this thing and you get a sense and then you find peace and you love each other and you, you know, it can manifest beautifully that way. Um, th that's, that's the beautiful challenge and opportunity. So do you, feel, do you feel words get in the way sometimes when you're trying to communicate? Hmm. Absolutely they can, absolutely they do, yeah. Especially in a place where love is lacking. Um, because if love is lacking, then there is a rigidity of of these things. You have, you know, there's no there's no effort to to bridge the natural inescapable gap <laughs> that the words yeah. um, bring us. So, you know, sure, sure. Um, When you, um, let's point um, to this thing called love, right? Because it's just a word, like all the other words. That's the, that's the hard part about it, man. It's crazy. And that's why it's, um, And that's why I feel the more intellectual we become, the greater the distance gets. Exactly. I agree. And I don't know what that's... Because here's the point that I... Pointing is one piece. I feel there are three parts to the to the to the to the act. It's the it's the it's the idea, it's the trigger to point, it's the pointing, and then it's the go fucking see what's over there. <laughs> you gotta all three are a part, right? Yeah. And I think some of us are pretty good at pointing. Mm. Now Pointing can represent, like, I can point and be precise. Go look in the third drawer, on the second cabinet, blah, 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 blah. Right. But I could say, go in the kitchen. Yeah. I don't know where in the kitchen, but it's in the kitchen, and you go find it. Or I could say it's in the house. could say it's on the block. could say it's in the city. Wherever it is, it depends on you're, you're pointing somewhere. And, and, and they're all true, right? They're all true. They're all true. That's exactly. Crazy thing. Exactly. That's yeah. beautiful. They're all true, but we still have to go investigate for ourselves. And a lot of, I think that's where the breakdown gets for all of us because I don't know why, I shouldn't say why. I don't know why. So the more words we have at our disposal, disposal, the better we get at pointing. That doesn't mean I'm going to go fucking look, though. <laughs> right, exactly. It just means I got more fingers to point. Right, 
And, and one of the things I felt, I feel myself doing is getting real good at pointing. And, but I still got to go in the kitchen. I got to go to whatever, to whatever degree I'm compelled to investigate, I need to go investigate. Yeah, absolutely. So I was compelled to investigate you. It wasn't until I investigated that I understood why I felt compelled to go investigate. If it was just a thought, if it was just a feeling, it would have been just left as that. Right. I needed to go validate it, which is what happened. Do you feel, how do you feel, because I'm sorry I'm all over the place, because my mind, I'm thinking about shit I ain't never thought about before, so this is real-time America, <laughs> or three people who watch. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you, though. Where do you feel you are in that process? Once you realized... Because I felt this when I was watching your five things, by the way. Um, once you've pointed, how good are you at going to go investigate? Hmm. Um, I have a theory about... Let me start with this. I okay. think that what you're describing is the complex interlocking nature of something we call like intuition and then a thing we call logic and investigation in this, this sort of effort. So the investigation, we have a society that overemphasizes logic, right? Um, we have words and we associate things and we think we know what we're doing, but then I think we've lost touch with the intuition. Agreed. And hmm, I'll try to come back around, but side note, for instance, there's um back to media, you know, are you familiar with Ben Shapiro? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> he loves to tell you how logical he is and he's mm -hmm. going at logic and logic and facts. And so for instance, you know, we have a word called woman, right? And it's it's up it's a challenge going on today as we try to interrogate what is a woman. In fact, some of Ben Shapiro's friends have this documentary, what is a woman and all this stuff. What I've found is that, for instance, non-binary people and trans people that I know, <laughs> the way they use the word woman for themselves is they're pointing to a social phenomena. So when Ben Shapiro says woman, he knows, he thinks he knows what he's talking about. He can tell, he can articulate that very logically. Vagina, breasts, you know, and the non-binary people that I know and I follow and that I have respect for are describing an effort to engage with the world with a social phenomenon of what women, what a woman is. All the, all of the um, assumptions and the burdens and the privileges, the manners of speaking, manners of dressing, manners of being. They're not talking about biology. You know, again, to point, they're not talking about, they're not trying to be female, for instance. They're trying to, everything that I just said, engage socially and be respected and treated this way because that is internal to them. That, their intuitions tell them that they're more comfortable this way. I don't have that. Yeah. I feel very comfortable this way. I wear Tims and I wear hoodies that are very masculine in a more traditional sense. 
that is comfortable with, but that there are other people who have a different internal composition. And so the difficulty is Ben Shapiro has these words that he's so confident in and he wants to assert that. He's not willing, there's no love there. There's no effort to allow for the creative use of these words. There's no effort to interrogate and be meaningfully interested in a, in a non-binary person and to ask about their condition and their truth. Um, so, so, so love, love, there's a lack of love on his part and also there's just a profit incentive. He's an asshole who wants to you know, make money off of like keeping people angry at each other. But like, I can point to a woman, I know my wife is a woman, um, you know, uh, and, and lots of people are women, but then I will have to interrogate. <laughs> and I know some other people who are women who, who don't fit the typical conception of women. Um, and I, instead of being upset at them for, for using that word, I think love is that interrogation, is that inquiry, is to go deeper and to uh, have a first-person direct experience. Then you can understand why they're using the words that they're using in that way. It's not to ruin America or to insult people. It is, and maybe, maybe, the, maybe a new word is needed. You know, that's why there are new words. Yeah. But then he, then he, uh, then those new words offend him as well. He doesn't want non-binary. All these things are all made up. Yes, it's all made up. And so, literally, I hope I'm answering. I hope I'm, I'm getting to your point, which is, you know, I think there's. There's intuition, there's the internal experience, there's the attempt to articulate the, the internal experience to another, and there's the pointing, and then the best, the best experience for the truth, for what is, is, is what we're doing right here. You know what I'm saying? Is to sit and to, to negotiate this all together, you know? And I'd rather not give it a word. What we're doing right now, you know, interview, conversation, <laughs> We're just, we just here, you know? We just here. So there are different, <clears throat> I agree. Let me make sure I'm clear on that, what you just said, 100%. Agree awesome. on the things you were describing in your video with the five things, you're pointing. The video with your family, video um, with the faith, and the other things that you were talking about on there. You're pointing in that video. Now, there's something inside of you, your intuition, that is feelings, emotions, and all of that kind of stuff. You're on, you're, we're, we're being compelled through our emotions to investigate, to inquire about something. All of us are being called to do that in some way. We have to go do it, though. Most of what we're being compelled and asked to do, I feel, are things that we're asking ourselves to do, like the hard work, the tough conversations, the difficult things, the, the, 
the forgiveness, the, the, the grace, the patience, the, 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 the difficult first step, like all of those, there's a, there's a, there's a pointing that's, that we're asking of ourselves to do in, in, in certain ways that have these growth opportunities or these revelations for us individually that we, we're, we can point to it, we can talk about what it is, but we, there, there's an element of that that requires us to actually still go do it. And, and that's the piece of it that, 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 that I think, because this is happening, I feel, all the time and in different, and in different ways. And I don't know, um, but, yeah, I'll just stop there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. This points to, you're pointing to, I think, the, uh, again, our predicament of, um, you know, what is this? Like, what is this? <laughs> you know, we, and, and it is doing, it is being. And even as, you know, I've, I've traveled in like different circles and activist circles and people who want to see a different world, right? Um, I think that our world can be improved a great deal. And sometimes we fall into these traps with words about like how, like, oh, you didn't say, you know, you didn't say socialism, you didn't say this. He's like, I just want people to be pointing in the same direction and interested in the project of doing. That's, and being, mm -hmm. and loving, and experiencing, because it's more complex than these words, you know? Um, am I pointing to you? Am I? Yeah, so, you are. And the pointing comes at different degrees. Because really, it's, a, it's an inquiry. So you have to kind of point, and it's it has it's almost simultaneous. You have to point and go. But that's but you don't have to go. Mm. You you don't. You don't have to do anything. You, but and that's what I'm so with 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 words with 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 an expanded vocabulary. I feel that there are a lot of people pointing. Now we're using the term pointing broadly. But I think some people are speaking because the, the future that you're that 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 that, that activists want to live in, right? How do you get there? Now, there's work that has to be done on a global scale. There's work that has to be done on a national scale, yep. state, city, block scale. There are degrees of pointing that are taking place at each one of those levels. And what is the individual, what is the individual's inquiry in a personal experience standpoint? How are they tackling their, that, 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 that localized version of what's being reflected out globally? Because it's a lot easier to point at the global thing. It's a lot easier to point at the global thing as it is to point at the localized thing that I know that I need to do as an individual for this one little thing different or something. 
and the anxiety that we that we have at times around I don't want to say around the anxiety that we have to manage in general I feel is that feeling associated with not wanting to go in mm. some cases at least for me I know I need to go fucking open that door Fuck, I don't want to do it. <laughs> right, right. I don't want to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, I've had this conversation with uh, a friend who he talked about it being a post-truth, mm. a post-truth moment. And what he means by that is uh, you know, everyone has all the facts. We, we understand the political corruption. We understand how the corporate corporations have colluded with the government and all of these things are at play and having effect on our lives. And so then what, what now? You know, it, it seemed at some point, you, know, you read about these stories about the civil rights era or the you know, uh, <clears throat> Vietnam War era, handing out pamphlets and educating and educate. Education, we are in an abundance of information at this point. It's all there, you know? What's left is to actively engage with it. And so when you say go, I think you're pointing to engagement. I think you're trying to, yeah, I think you're pointing to engagement to go and deal with what is. <laughs> Inside you though, mm. is what I'm saying. Mm. Inside you. So like fear, anxiety, is that what you mean? Fear, anxiety. I have this belief that a lot of there's a struggle internally that we're working to resolve, and that is a form of pointing. There are things that we need to do that we know we need to do that we don't do. Our mind, our spirits won't allow us to settle until that shit is addressed. Mm -hmm. We can create a lot of stories. We can create a lot of justifications for why we don't go left when we're supposed to go left, but our systems just won't let us sit right with it. And mainly because we don't have a lot of practice of doing those hard things. We've got a lot of practice of talking about it. We're in a therapy motherfucking age, bro. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Everybody's going to therapy. Everybody's telling these people what they need to do, but they don't. Do it. Yeah. We've got the tools. Yeah. We've got the words. We've got the intuition to go that way, but we don't go. And but but I'll point at you and tell you to go. There we go. Yeah. See, because that you're just pointing to, I think the human condition, it's easier, it's simpler to externalize. You talked about projections earlier. We, we're so observant about other people's failings and other people's misgivings. And uh, Carl Jung talks about the, the shadow. And the shadow is a painful thing to go through. It's a process. It's a, it, I think it's a life's journey. Mm -hmm. I don't know of what else is, is more beautiful in terms of this like interaction with the self, the engagement going inward engaging with the self 
is super key, but um, you have this world full of so many distractions and labels and, and there's so many benefits to performing externally. We can perform oh, yeah. all kinds of stuff and they're gonna reward you and people are gonna applaud you. You get the likes on Facebook and Instagram and you might get some money if you can really perform. Uh, but internally, you might be a mess. You know, look at all these pastors and all the, all the stuff and no child's behinds left. You know, like, some motherfuckers be, people are very different in their truth versus the way that they present themselves because all the incentives are, are that. And it's a, it's a much simpler route to life than to sit in the truth of who you are and what you're doing and how you show up in the world, and if you don't like the results of what's happening in your life, um, to, to point back to self and to notice how you are a participant in your suffering and to do that work to alleviate that, to go there and engage with that. Uh, I'd much rather blame it on what's going on out here. But in a, so may you use the word performative, bro, because I was thinking about that earlier, and thank you for reminding me. Mm -hmm. The acquisitions of the words and the act of pointing can become performative after a while. Oh, man, absolutely. It can, and, 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 and especially when you're incentivized to, we're not incentivized to do the work, bro. We're incentivized to point. We're incentivized because the, 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 only, the only benefit I got from fixing my relationship with my mama, bro, was the fact that I got to fix my relationship with my mama. I could talk about that motherfucking shit all goddamn day long. I could get, I could get accolades. I could get people hitting me up saying, man, thank you so much for saying what you said about your mom early and about what you're struggling with. It really hit me home. I know what the fuck it is, to, you know, struggling and all that. Nigga, call your mama. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. You, <laughs> for, yeah. Forgive her or, or, or at least work through the process and the path of it. And that's what I mean when I say it, uh, performative because, because there's... There is a distinction between the two. And, and, and you, for myself, I got caught. I can, I read a lot of books, bro. I just got good at hiding. I just got real good at articulating the problem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is very different than working on a solution. Gaging. They can enter, they can intertwine, yeah. but they, they, when you, when you really, when the rubber hits the road, there is a part of that that looks and feels, more importantly, very, 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 very different. It is very different. And I don't know, and that's what I mean when I say the, the, the pointing. I knew I had mommy issues and I went and read a whole bunch of goddamn books about why am I broken and, you know, and all of this and that and the third. This, I can articulate to you my feelings because I have the intelligence and the vocabulary, right? Mm -hmm. I, can, I can do that, yeah. but I got to go do the work. You got to. You got to. That brings a certain level of experience that vocabulary and intelligence don't have. Because then you you have you you're experiencing Correct. 
grow. Pointing and walking, pointing and going, yeah. pointing and engaging uh, versus articulating, dealing in theory, dealing in secondhand testimony, reading all the great works and understanding yourself from a theoretical place. Yeah. And then, like you said, man, people be like, oh, you can get some praise. You can feel it's like when I first started animating. I told you, I, you know, I'm an animator from YouTube University, man. When I first started animating, I had all these designs and goals to, to do a lot of what I'm doing now, character animation and write stories and all that stuff. But for years, I spent more time feeling good about my fucking self as an animator. <laughs> Getting people like, ooh, you an animator, you know? Like, okay, okay, cool, what are you working on? Telling stories about the things I was gonna do and the things that I intended to do. I would have little clips and little short things, but to, 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 to apply the knowledge that I had acquired and to apply it in a meaningful way that could manifest for real, took years it took years. I spent years just kind of loosely playing that and it felt good I got I think if we could talk on a chemical level I don't know I had like release of serotonin and I mm -hmm. my mind was like oh yeah you're good good job yeah <laughs> but then you dive in and it's a different beast and and um, that that's what's needed and I don't and and so when we're It's an important distinction. And the reason why I'm separating the two is because I know I'm sick. I still got to go to the doctor. Mm. And even when I go to the doctor, I got to let the doctor do, do his work. Because all of this pointing for myself was like a 20-year performance. Mm. And... Um, and going back to like the original thing of like the words being getting in the way, I wasn't addressing the, I, I wasn't dealing with what the origin, the intuition piece. And I think a part of getting, what's the word? Getting to a space where the words Words are, I mean, they're necessary, right? I'm not, I'm not saying words don't matter, but there's a spirit, there's an intention, and it, that most of us speak with, and words are only gonna point so clearly to that when someone is talking. And I don't, um, and this is, and it's not just even a person, man. This is fu the future of the planet. Mm. <clears throat> like, what is when we point to the future? Mm -hmm. When we talk about this, even with even with Ben Shapiro as an example, what is that motherfucker? We would have to talk to him. You know, if. if we have to put him in a category because of the shit that he says, right? Like we, so we we got until we can have a conversation. Right. We gotta we gotta put a, a question mark over your head, or not even a question mark. We gotta put you in this place. Absolutely. Um, and there's no choice because of what he because because of what he um, spews. So that I understand, but to like really get the truth of it. 
Yeah, I talk to him. We would we would have to we would have to talk to him. That'll never happen, right? But it, it it's um I don't know. That that that's the that's the beauty of what is, man. I, like I don't know, man. Whether whether there was some intelligent design that created this thing or whatever is going on right now, this experience that is it pulls us back to here, you know. Um, this whole time we've been communicating over Instagram and, and text and uh, I've had an image and a sense of you through your videos and through your work and through our conversation and you had the same sense with me and here we are actually, the best thing we can do is to maybe not dispense with all that because all of that is true too but we have to update all of that every moment right now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's doing, that's engaging. Um, the same is true with you know people we hate. Even you know we have narratives and stories that are true. You're pointing to a truth about Ben Shapiro. It's just like talking about oh yeah, the, you know it, it's in that house versus it's in the kitchen, third cabinet. Da, da, da. Yeah. I wanna love makes me go into the cabinet and actually do the thing. Love for self means I should go into myself, go into my experience develop and engage, develop language for myself so that I can better understand. Um, if I don't have that love, and I don't have that awareness, then I, then I don't do that, then I'm engaging even with myself in a superficial way. I'm engaging with myself as an avatar. And especially in a world like ours where we are incentivized to perform some of us perform, man. We perform and we perform before we don't know ourselves. And it creates a tension. And every now and again, something happens, a trigger happens where the, the, something more like the truth comes out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think that one of the best things we can do is to you know, preempt that kind of reflexive shadow that arrives by engaging with it, incorporating it, then then you, you know, those people tend to have a greater calm. Those people have a more complex internal narrative and story. Those people experience phenomena in the world with, shall I say, greater clarity because they've, you realize that, you know, every experience we have is not just the experience. It is the experience plus us. Yeah. That's what causes it. That's why the three streams was dope to him. That's why the football stadium is exciting to me. It's not just the football stadium. Yeah. A lot of people drive past that football stadium and they don't experience it the way that I do. Yeah. Um, so, That's yeah, a good point. You point and then you interrogate and you experience and you accept and you love and you be present and like this and let, let go, let go, let go of the words, let go of the concepts. I get, when I watch some of your videos, I get the impression, and, and please tell me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. I get the impression that you hold on to words, that you, that you, that, that the, that, that words do hold a lot of weight in how you construct reality. Hmm. Am I wrong in that? I, I think words are important. I think words are unavoidable. And I think in particular, if I'm in front of a, 
camera or being recorded, you know, that's the, that's the only way I can operate. My, you know, our MO requires the use of them. But in my everyday experience, you know, I try to be grateful and just be present. Um, but I don't know, when you say holding on to words, I don't know. Yeah, um, what they represent more so than the word itself, I would say. So in some of the... And as I'm, as I'm trying to dig deeper to answer your question, I think I'm... I feel like you're in a conversation with yourself and you're using words to formulate an idea. And as you're formulating the idea, that idea might be creating a picture that then triggers a feeling that you're trying to understand more deeply. Hmm. And maybe once you do that, maybe you let that go hmm. or not. But as I see, because on your show, by the way, um, The Way Billy Sees It, is that the name of the show? How Billy Sees How Billy It. Sees it. Um, share a lot of deep things, man, personal, intimate things about yourself. And for, for, for an empath such as myself, I really in, in, in appreciate observing you, you know, kind of like traversing that uh, emotional, emotional landscape. And so maybe as I'm, as I'm saying it, I'm, I was incorrect in my assumption because as I'm describing it, it's not what I, it's not what, what I, what I see now that I say it. Mm. Um, well, I, I don't receive it poorly. I, I love to sort of be able to point to it and figure it out. But like, how does it, how do you feel that you engage or how is it how how do you see it as different with your engagement with words? I don't. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's why. That's why I had to. Because I had a thought about it when yeah. I was as we were talking, and then when I was watching it, and then as I'm re replaying it in my mind, I'm like, oh no, that's not what it is. Mm -hmm. So, um, because yeah. in in your in your in your videos, I actually feel the way that you're. And thank you for asking the question because it did allow me I have this philosophy, bro, that I don't want to be right. I want to be better. And there's a path that you take to being right versus being better. And one can be certainly more confrontational and narrow. So that you gave me an opportunity to explain it because as I see what you are doing, you're using the words to make sense of what you're feeling. I feel, at least when I'm observing it. But it's not necessarily the word as much as it is what the word points to. Mm. And you just, you're just going through that, I feel. And you're talking about how you feel about all of that. Yeah. And that is something that I do. I just don't do it online. <laughs> gotcha. yeah. My lady is, I'm, I'm an audience of two, or, yeah. or one, I should say, which is yeah. her. Cause she, she puts up with my shit way too. I do that like in the mornings, like, and she's like, can I go to work or whatever? <laughs> but yo, yo, that's a blessing to have somebody who, who is like that. My wife, same deal, man. She has patience and, and, and cares. There's love to, to listen and to, to, um, to hear you out. You know, I think 
yeah, this this it's been a journey for me to get more honest and be more open and to talk about my truth. And like I said, with um, you know, the football thing or the, or the three streams, I think I think it's one thing to be able to point to something and articulate something. And then it's another thing to then give me why you're pointing to that thing, what it means to you. It's, you're giving me even more, you know what I mean? So again, uh, I can talk about something, football or whatever, but you will, uh, you will have more insight on what I mean if I can somehow construct the backstory, <laughs> and um, that takes so I'm I'm, I'm gauging in it with myself. I'm trying to challenge myself to be more honest, to go into these darker places. That that five things video was uh, something I had to build up to. I've been sort of in that how Billy sees it is now two a little bit over two years old, you know. So two years of slowly like pressing forward, pressing forward. And um, what have you learned about yourself in that process? Man, um, I'm bigger than I than I know than I knew. I'm bigger than I know presently. I I've made myself small in ways that I didn't really realize. Um, go back to childhood and realize different ways I learned lessons that made me think it was beneficial and smart to kind of stay quieter. So I've learned that I've learned that I'm pretty emotional. I think I'm an empath as well. I think that word, I think that word is useful for me and 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 points to a truth about me. Um yeah. Yeah. And I've learned too to be bigger, to, to stretch, <laughs> and to, to try and that it's okay, and uh, fuck people, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. A lot of uh, fearful, external, the external gaze has been a quiet influence on my choices through life, and I'm happy with most of my choices, almost all my choices, I don't have any regrets, but, um, the external gaze plays on all of us, and I've learned how it's played on me, and I've been shedding that, and it's been great. As you've been um, doing the How Billy Sees It, <clears throat> have you been finding your, you know, personal relationships getting better and closer, or is there, is that, is, is what you're finding in the process of doing that, um, matriculating out to your relationships with people? Mm. You talked about your mom. I've improved my relationship with my mom. We have a deeper relationship. I'd like you, you've introduced the idea of interviewing her. I think I want to do that now. I, I might do that. Be interesting to see what I what I learned and to give her that space. It's interesting to see what what comes out of that, and I think it could be a beautiful thing. Um, my relationship with my wife is one that I never thought I would have. I never envisioned I would have such a deep, 
meaningful, honest relationship with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm proud of that. I will say, so, so those, those two relationships have, have gotten better. My brother's relationships with my two brothers have fallen off and have gotten way worse in an interesting way. But really, that's happened through engaging. You know, we had a superficial mm. relationship before. I was, I'm eight years their senior, eight and nine years, and I was always brother-uncle kind of relationship. And um, <clears throat> through getting deeper with that, we realized we needed a break. And that's where we are. And that sucks. It's very not what I thought. Similar to the wife. I didn't think I would have a wife like this. I didn't think my brothers would, would end up in this way. My mom and I have gotten deeper. Um, in terms of friends, I've lost. I've lost. I've, a lot of people have fallen off, you know. Uh, just challenging. As, as I challenge myself, and I think the world changes as you challenge yourself and you experience self differently, the external world also changes. And it's put me in a position to be critical of, of, of things and uh, of relationships and of situations that a lot of, let's say, a lot of my friends are still a part of and still identify with, that I no longer identify with. And to be, to be honest in those places means to, to fall back, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so it's been a mixed bag, you know? I, um, can I share something about my brother? Of course. I have a brother who's eight years younger mm. than me. And uh, I played a father figure role in his life. You know, I would go back home to Kansas City and go to like his parent-teacher conferences and stuff um, when I moved here, because I moved here when I was 19, which would have made him 11 at the time. So I was still going, I was very involved in like his schooling and, you know, teachers knew my name, had my email and all that kind of stuff back in the day. And uh, he eventually moved here with me to get out of Kansas City to start a life. He's flourishing, man. He's doing a really, really good job now. I'm saying all that to say we had some of the worst times, man. I don't even think we liked each other to be quite frank. Um, I, I, I imagine there being some level of resentment that he had for situation with his father. Um, and That's just, different fathers. Yeah. And just even his, um, and just even me just being the role, I wasn't the best father figure, whatever the fuck that even means. You know, I was just, I'm eight years older than you. I don't know nothing, but I think I do at the same time, you know, and so I'm just trying to do the best that I can. And so it was hard for me to transition from a father figure type role to just like a brother witnessing and supporting um, as opposed to guiding. And I didn't, I don't know if I necessarily transitioned well. Um, And as a result, our relationship suffered. And even when I did transition, there were still these old habits and patterns lingering. I can say, though, uh, and my brother will, will, will vouch for it, we were in the best position we've ever been in in our lives. And that started maybe about a year ago, bro, two years ago. So I would have been 45, 44, 45. He would have been eight years younger than that. And we were having a conversation one day. 
And um, he was like, do you, do you think you've changed? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, we're getting along better. Like most of our conversations were just so contentious. Everything was like a personal attack. Right. There was no room for doubt or there was no grace given to, to better understand. It was right. just like, this is a dart motherfucker and it landed here and I don't like it. So I'm going to throw one back. Right. And we were in, having this conversation. And I was like, no, nah, man, I thought you had changed. And he was like, I don't think I've changed. I thought you changed. I was like, I don't think I changed. I thought you changed. <laughs> so we were sitting there, man, and just laughing and loving and acknowledging the fact that we just landed at a place. We don't, I don't know how either of us got there. I just realized that we, we were there, man. And so um, I had a very strong, I mean, I love my brother as much as I'm sure you do, you know, yours and, and that, that strain can really, can really hurt, man. I'm only saying that to say that through all of those years of challenges, you know, I can, I can attest that there is a, you can turn a corner. I don't know what's required for that necessarily. Um, but it's, uh, I do appreciate hearing that man, because that's what keeps me, I'm busy with things, but you know, when my brothers come up and I have this, this pit feeling, what keeps me going is the sense that at some point, at some point there will be a turn, you know what I'm saying? And I, I try not to force it. You know, now that I'm married, I have this other family, um, my in-laws who are awesome. <laughs> and in many ways are like, they're like the Cosbys somehow prior, before the scandal. Of Bill, right? <laughs> right. The real, the real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They communicate well and they have so much like cohesion and they have systems and traditions that they do. And, um, it was weird for me to interact with that, actually. I realized how hurt I was through noticing my observations of their health. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would love for that to happen with my brothers, and I, I think it will. Um, but I'm just trying not to force it or try to be too, because what happens is, too, like I was trying to get, let's, let's all do this thing, you know, and we're just not there. It's not there. And if you're 40, that makes them, what, 31, 32? Yeah. Oh, yeah, bro. Like that. And did you play like a father? Not father, but like more of like a... And it, I don't know the role. Yeah, no. I, um, uh, I didn't do parent-teacher night. Um, my mom was, was, was active there. But, um, you know, I think my mom just kind of deputized me as like... Uh, father number two kind of early. So from middle school, man, I was picking them up from like their school stuff. And, you know, everybody after school would be playing basketball and I wouldn't, you know, I'd go and go to the daycare center and pick them up and I would just do that consistently. Up until high school, I started to play football and I really was allowed to kind of have my own thing. But um, that whole period, I, I did it without, you know, I didn't complain. I just knew that that was my thing to do, and I just did what I needed to do. Always was was that. And whenever I had a new bit of advice for them, I was always trying to happy to to try to share my experiences. And I think the difficulty of it is you take that on as your identity, 
And I think that that created tension too. You know, I think, unfortunately, my mom, in her best effort, she used me as this example, like be, you know, do, do things Billy are doing, and that created yeah. issues. But then also, I, um, there was a time when I was out here in DC trying to figure my shit out, and I would go back to Brooklyn, and they lived together in, you know, in the, in the PJs in Brooklyn, and, um, you know, I'm trying not to get emotional over it, but uh, I would go home and I was just trying to bring, I felt like my role was to go through the difficult stuff and then share it with them. And I was like proud of that potential and that opportunity. So I, I'd go home and things were in disarray with them. I knew that they weren't happy. And I knew that and I'd come home and I'd see the nature of things. Like they're artists too. Um, one's a comedian, the other does music. and But they weren't meeting their potential. They knew that. I knew that. And... Um, I don't, I don't think necessarily, like, I, I'm not, like, an asshole, you know, I'm not the type, but I'm definitely, like, you know, persistently, like, yo, what's up, you know, what's going on with this, da, da, da. and I realize now, sometimes people just want it, you know, they want to do their thing, and they yeah. want a brother, they want somebody to grab a drink with, and to laugh with, and to do dumb, silly shit with, they don't want father number two, <laughs> yeah. and so, all that led to a messed up situation plus stuff out of my control stuff that has nothing to do with me stuff with yeah. like there we also have different fathers you know so there's all this stuff that plays into it and i've had to have great grace with myself and to say notice the little things i could have done differently but also say Yo, this is this is way bigger than me and uh man it's gone in a, in a, in a direction i didn't really foresee and that's okay but I, I would love to arrive at a place that where you and your brother have yeah I um I had a lot of resentment for my brother mm. because I was doing a lot of what you were doing and I didn't get to have fun and and I I took that out on him in a lot of fucked up ways mm. and I had a lot of guilt, bro, about being a bad brother. I had a lot of guilt for a long time, you know, and just even you know there were. There were conversations where my brother would tell me, like, man, I'm just so thankful that I had you in my life. And I was telling myself these stories about, like, how bad of a brother I was because I was just so angry at him for having to be responsible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, once we had these conversations, once they were, they were honest, they were hard, but necessary, you know, the, it, it, it created, like, this foundation. I had to own things and tap into things that I wasn't, uh, that I just kind of put on autopilot in a way and just made it a part of how we interacted. But I had to, I had to at least address those in my own shit so that when the corner did, when we did turn the corner, I had made, I had done all the work necessary on my side that I could control to just create space for it. And it was, um, yeah, it was, my relationship with my brother, man, is, is, a, is, is one of the closest relationships that I have. And, you know, even when we were tripping, it was that way. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's not like it grew into that. Like, yeah. you, you were always the most important fucking relationship I had. 
you, you know, we just weren't acting like it, bro. And that was mm. the that was the 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 difficult part, but the great accomplishment of my life and of my story to just to say that, you know, we 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 getting it right. We got it right. We figured it out. That's beautiful. Yeah, is is um and, and just thought that I would share that, bro. I love that. Yeah, man. Um my middle brother I love that. My middle brother several years ago we had a deep convo where he you know, he said straight away like he didn't know that I liked him. I was like, "Damn. That's what hit me." Like, mm. wow. Why would he think that? What what was I doing? To me, I'm demonstrating love by being this persistent example. And then also a persistent like, have you considered this? Yo, check this out. Yo, what do you what are, you, what are your goals? I'm always checking in with their goals and always trying to like give it, you know, oh, you're into music here, let me buy this thing for you. Let me, you know, hook you up with this. Oh, you're into comedy. I know somebody who's doing this. Let me connect you with that. And you know, he he wasn't, he was talking about just chilling. And the thing about me, I've been chasing, I've had trouble just being present, man. I've been doing so much. I've been, when I came out to DC from Capitol Hill and just trying to get my footing and figure the career out. And I wasn't, um, Oh man, I was very self-oriented and this is where I, I take on my stuff is I didn't take on, I didn't do, I, I feel as if I could have done more to just make sure we saw each other multiple times a year and that it was just fun, you know, it was just fun. We just going to kick it, man. Fuck it. Let's just kick it. Let's just while out, even as adults, you know, we didn't do that. And as, as children, we didn't do it. And as adults, whenever, I, whenever we saw each other, we would grab a beer, but I would, I would, I would always make sure, because I'd be in DC and they were in New York, I'd always make sure there was some time to have a serious conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I know that. Right? Yeah. Hey man, let's let's talk about uh, <laughs> your future. Yeah. Like <laughs> what you want out of life. Type motherfucker, yeah. But you know what though? That's listen, man. When you're a hammer, everything's a nail. And one of the things that came up in your one of your videos that really resonated with me was this idea of fixer and 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 you know we start with ourselves and that requires action and then you realize that I'm not really fixing anything I'm just doing shit it's almost like running a hamster wheel and you're looking for things to fix. And at least for myself, I got to a point to when I realized I wasn't broken. There's nothing wrong with me. The fuck, I've spent 20 years trying to fix something that ain't broken. And then when you realize that you've been imposing that on other people, 
And then you wonder, that's like, damn, I wonder how that showed up for them. I know how it made me feel. I'm in my, you know, I know me. I'm in me. And I know how that made me feel. Just imagining the ways in which that was making other people feel when I'm imposing that on them. Exactly. Motherfucker, I'm chilling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly, man. Exactly. Like, why we can't just uh, chill? This ain't broke, bro. Exactly. Like, let's just... But but that's that's for a fixer, man. That's what we're looking for things. We got and we and if it ain't broke, <laughs> my breaking and fixing. <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, you you hitting exactly. Man. <laughs> and that's when it hit me is when he said that about like I didn't know if you liked me. I had to sit with myself and really come to terms with all of that about this like tendency, and it's rooted in so much. It's rooted in so much. It's rooted in our parents, it's rooted in our circumstances. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought I was doing the right thing and the good thing and, you know, my intentions were there, you know, but uh, you come back to like a realization of what you don't know, man, and how much you don't know. Um, so I've had to make peace with myself with that. Shout out to your brothers, man. Yeah. It's yeah. hard being a big brother, and it's equally hard being a little brother. And, you know, that time is a, is a, is a beautiful equalizer in a lot of ways as it relates to that. You know, so. Um, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling great, man. This is great. I, I, um. I enjoyed the conversation. It felt that it was broad. It was abstract. Um, it was also, I, I love that we're in a very conceptual space with the, the, that whole, I don't know how much time has passed, by the way. Like, I just feel like it's flowing. But, uh, oh, man, hour and a half. The, uh, that's great. The, uh, we were in a conceptual space about, you know, pointing and God and what is now. And then we got a little bit more detailed with, like, our, Families, I love that. Yeah, some things I haven't talked about. In some ways, so. I um, I've been real fortunate, man, to have some very awesome people on, and you know the the the, the video you posted about love and about in you know inquiring. Every time I do this, man, I'm reminded of just how much there's more there, how much more there there is. And um, we all are just a composition of just this shit, man. We don't have a fucking clue. We're just trying to figure it out, man. Yep. I like the way you're figuring it out, though. Like, I like the vibe that I get from what you do and how you do it. I'm glad that like you are a voice and an example in the world of just like what it means to you know be vulnerable to be exploratory you know to leave room and to care you know bro like that to be black mm. And I see myself in you. 
And for you to be like 40, man, at this point and just still figuring it out and having your lady and shit, man. Like that shit is just, uh, that is powerful, man. And you are, you're firing, going all cylinders, man, in so many ways. I'm glad you're here, bro. I'm glad you exist. I'm glad you're in the fucking world. And I'm glad I got a chance to tell you that. Man, I appreciate that, bro. Yeah. I appreciate that very much. Like I said, uh, <clears throat> you know, you get a sense, you get a sense, you get a sense. And then through the pictures, through the conversation, through the videos, through seeing Tune the Fork, like this brother's out here asking deep questions, having meaningful, deep, long form conversations with people, exploring psychology, exploring identity, exploring philosophy. Like, I'm interested in this dude. I wanna I wanna know, you know, when you offered the invite to get here, you get a sense, but being here is something different, you know. And uh, it feels really good and I'm grateful for everything you just said about me and I extend the same to you. And I want you to keep going and keep positing these questions, keep making us think and keep being an example of you told me more about your story that I didn't know even and I and I appreciate all that because it's necessary fam <clears throat> it's necessary we get we get uh fed a corporate image of life and these images create a false sense and a false narrative white people get this narrative Black people get this narrative. We develop a sense of what it means to be a black man. And the younger kids aspire to that, mm -hmm. as I did, as you did. Mm -hmm. And to be part of the breadth of the, like, the mosaic of what it means to be a black man, to contribute some texture and some creativity, depth. I think you're brilliant. I think you gotta keep going. And I'm glad, thank you for everything you said, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it just sets, it sets us up. It's a, it's a, stuff like this, these kinds of conversations set other people up to see it and to aspire to it and to jump off to even further heights that you and I can't fathom, but mm -hmm. I couldn't have fathomed this when I was younger, you know what I'm saying? So um, 